Can we turn to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In verse 3, Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And then we can turn to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verse 1. 
John chapter 10 and verse 10. We'll read the second half. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Can we bow with a word of prayer? Lord, we thank you for this wonderful privilege to come at your feet. Lord, we want to be like Mary, to be seated quietly, to listen to what you have to say to us. So, Lord, we ask, Lord, that for your special anointing this morning, for the speaking, the translating, and the hearing. Lord, if you have a word for us, Lord, may you speak it this morning. So, Lord, we pray and ask for your help. That your Holy Spirit may be the one leading our time. We entrust ourselves completely into your hands. We pray in Jesus' precious name. If you were to ask, what is God's eternal purpose? Sometimes we think it's some really big thing. And certainly it is a big thing. But I think if you wanted to summarize God's purpose, I think this verse that we just read in very simple terms can tell us what is God's purpose. The Lord said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. God's purpose is that there may be life and there may be life abundant. How do we know that? Where do we see this? If you were to want to understand what a book is about, you probably want to see what the introduction says. And then, of course, what the end says. And then you read a few pages in the middle, and then you understand what that book is about. In the same way, if you look at Genesis chapter 1, we find the wonderful story of creation. But in Genesis chapter 1, uh, the Genesis chapter 1, as if God, in very simple terms, laid out what was in his heart. And sometimes we kind of just gloss over Genesis chapter 1 and just think, well, it's just the story of creation. But hidden in that chapter, is God telling us what is in his heart. What was his plan from the beginning? 
And of course, when we come to the end of the book of Revelation, we see how that purpose is fulfilled. But this morning, we like to look at the beginning. Come back to the story of creation. To understand what is it that God planned to do in him. What would that God wanted to do in his heart? So we already got a hint that God's plan was that there may be life and there may be an abundant life. So we know that in order for there to be life, uh, God had to prepare an environment. Uh, so in order to prepare this environment, uh, we know that on the first day, God said, let there be light. And there was light. There was darkness before, but now there was light. That was very important. For you to have life, though, you cannot just have light. You also need to have air. And you need to have water. So on day two, you see how God separated the waters from above. And from the waters from below. So you know that God gave us the atmosphere. And God gave us water. But not only that, for you to have life, you need to have land. And you need to have vegetation. So what happened on the third day? So the water and the land separated. And the earth sprouted with vegetation. And there were trees with fruit. So, in some ways, the first three days was a preparation for the second three days. As if you see that there is there are two cycles in the creation of God. There are six days. The first three days correspond to the second three days. The first day is related to the fourth day. The second day is related to the fifth day. The third day is related to the sixth day. So what was it that God was doing in the first three days? Was God was doing a work of preparation? Because we already talked about that God's plan was that life would fill this earth. For some reason, God chose this earth to be the place where His purpose would be carried out. Now the Bible says that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. But interesting enough, when God talks about the heavens, He only talks about it in verse 1. But the rest of the first chapter of Genesis, God talks about the earth. When you think about the heavens, and God's creation of the heavens, now, of course, God created the stars. And according to scientists, their estimate is that there are one billion trillion stars. 
One billion trillion stars. But if you think about these stars, they're wonderful to look at. If you look at some of the uh, online, some of the pictures of galaxies, they're beautiful. But if you watch them closely, they are nothing but burning rocks. Of course, very high temperature, high heat, but there is no life. As if God was not so interested in these things. But God placed his heart upon this earth. This very tiny little earth. Almost insignificant. But God's plan was that his purpose would be carried out on this earth. But for there just to be light was not enough. For there just to be water was not enough. Or air. Or vegetation. Because God had a plan for a higher life. So as if um, in the beginning God was just setting the display case. Or like a um, uh, uh, a uh, jewelry box. Um, but the goal the goal is the diamond. Is so that it could um, support the life that would fill it. Uh, so why is it that unbelievers feel unfulfilled? Because God created each person to be like a jewelry box. And from the God's plan from the beginning is that one day that Jewelry box could display the jewel of the universe. So until one day we are able to uh, 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 express the life of Christ, we will feel unfulfilled. So that's why the Lord Jesus told the Samaritan woman, if you drink of the water, if this water, you will thirst again. But if you drink of the water that I shall give you, from your innermost being shall flow waters, living water, rivers of living water. So you see that God was preparing not just the jewelry, but also the jewelry box. But isn't it interesting that you see God uh, placed, uh, God first put, put the light, and then the water, and then the air, and then vegetation. And you know, this is what is needed for life. Now, interesting, um, you know this process of photosynthesis. It's a scientific term. And this wasn't discovered until 1779. It was by a gentleman named Jan Ingelhaus. 
was a Dutch scientist. And he talked to us, told us about uh, photosynthesis. So what is photosynthesis? Is that when you take light, when you take water, and then you take some carbon dioxide, and then the plant takes that, and then it, it goes through a process, and it produces two things, oxygen, and glucose, uh, I don't want to bore you with you that are not interested in science. But, but you see, that's, that's the first three days of creation. Because for there to be a higher life, for there to be birds in the air, and fish in the sea, and for there to be uh, beasts in the field, and for even man to survive, they need oxygen. They not only need oxygen, but they need glucose. Glucose oxygen helps us digest that food and convert that food into energy. So you see what God was doing. Uh, so I don't know if you've ever gone climbing to a very high mountain. Have you? Uh, uh, our Lawrence is our uh, adventurer, but yes. What happens when you climb very high? You have no oxygen. Then what happens? It gets really tiring. Very tiring. Thank you. Sorry, but a few years back, we went to a very famous uh, uh, mountain uh, top in Switzerland called Jean Fraujau. It was a beautiful sight. It was so high that there was no life there barely because it was very cold very few trees so the air was very thin so when we got to the top it was beautiful but you started to realize your legs felt like cotton could barely walk around. Uh, I took Bethany with me. Bethany. And she almost fainted. So I had to carry her. So I had to carry her and I was weakened as well. So we know how important oxygen was. God was preparing that jewelry box. Because God's plan was that there may be life and that life be abundant but then you start to look at the vegetation so you know uh, a tree doesn't really walk it's kind of stationary so then what needed to happen you need this vegetation to sprout right so very interesting so God uh, not allow, only allowed these trees to grow up but one day they would flower and then um, I don't again I want to get to that you have the process of pollination 
呃，花粉呃，让它能够呃繁殖繁殖 ，so that uh vegetation could sprout， 让这些菜树这些花树可以长出来。So then you have fruit， 然后你会有。Right. And what is that fruit for? This fruit is for what? What does the fruit have inside of it? The fruit has seeds. Ah, have seeds. So then, when the fruit grows, when the fruit grows, and the fruit falls on the ground, and then the seed falls on the ground, and then the seed then can be in the ground, and then there'll be more trees that will grow. That fruit will fall on the ground, and then there'll be more trees that will grow. So you see, that's how life not just you not only have life. So you have the growth of life. You have the growth of life. But you also have the passing on of life. You also have the passing on of life. And you see that um, later on, because you have the birds, they would come pick out a fruit. And they will fly far away. And then they'll eat the fruit. They'll spit the seed out. And there'll be more. Vegetation. You see the 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 spreading of life. You 看到这个生命的呃扩张 The sprouting of life. 啊，那个生命的成长 And so we talked about the fact that there was oxygen. 所以我们讲到有氧气 And also glucose. 也有葡萄糖 So this life later, you not only need air to breathe. 所以你不单单需要空气呼吸 You also need food to eat. 你也需要食物来吃 So as um uh uh. Animals eat the plants. So, animals eat the plants. The plants have glucose in them. Ah, the plants have glucose in them. So now, with oxygen, ah, and the glucose, the animals can grow. This animals can grow. And us humans can grow. So we need food. So even later, when we started to eat meat. Because the 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 animal ate the plant, and we ate the meat. That's why we have we have food. We have glucose. So we have food. And then we have oxygen to change that uh, uh, glucose into energy. So we have oxygen to change That life grew. You saw how vegetation started to grow. You saw, however, that that life not just grew vertically. But it grew horizontally. Why did it need to grow horizontally? Because God's plan was that there may be life. And life abundantly. So when you come to the fourth day, it still talks about night and day. But now God's work was deeper. Not only do you talk about the light and the day, but now you see something concrete. You see the sun. You see the moon. But you know what the Bible very interesting talks about. You know, very interesting. It says they are for the signs and the seasons. Ah, this is for the signs and the seasons. Of course, for the signs. Remember, of course, the star that the 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 shepherd saw and the magi saw that they there was a sign of the Lord Jesus coming. Ah, this signal. We think of is that heaven has a star. But here also talks about seasons. He 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 also talks about seasons.
Chilling. So when you talk about season, you talk about spring. Summer, fall, and winter. So when you come to day four, you start to get a sense of time. You see, start to see the circle, the cycle of life. There is the, the, the birth. The growth, maturity in the fall, and then death in the winter. But it keeps on going year after year. And then you see the growth year after year. So you get that deeper sense of the purpose of life. And then day five. Now we had, before we had the jewelry box. But now life was going to start. Birds in the air. And the fish in the sea. But what did God say to them? Be fruitful and multiply. So not just life, but full of life. God's plan was that the air would be filled with birds. And the oceans be filled with so that was um, that was God's plan. But not only that. Then you come to day six. And then you have the beast of the field. And God created man. And what did God tell man? Be fruitful and multiply. And not just that. You are to subdue the earth. And to rule over the birds of the air the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the field. So not only is there life, God had a directive for man to rule over this earth. That's why Adam later named all the animals. But the point of this, God's plan, was not that there just be an earth, not just an inorganic earth, but an organic earth, filled with life. And we know that in Psalm 8, it talks about, um, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So God's plan was that life would fill this earth. And then it would it would sprout. And there will be abundance. But not only life. You have much more than just life. You have the growth of life. And when that life reaches maturity, there is the passing on of life. So brothers and sisters, you know that um, a sign that uh, a tree is mature. Is that it produces fruit? But then remember the, the, what the Lord Jesus said. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. So we see the principle of death and resurrection. 
there is the passing on of life. Not only in the in the veg, vegetation world, but you also see in the animal world. You saw in the human world. How when a, a young little girl one day she grows up she becomes mature what's a sign of maturity is when she passes on life to her children and you know especially for you mothers you know every year everybody remembers Mother's Day barely anyone remembers Father's Day why is that? Because the mother went through much to deliver the child. But also the raising of the rearing of the child. So brothers and sisters, that's a sign of maturity. It's when life is passed on. But you see that even in Genesis chapter one. You see God's plan. Was not that not just so that there may be life, but that life may grow up. And then that life can be passed on. Uh, and uh, so so this is the story of Genesis chapter one. Um, but but God does not stop there. If you continue to Genesis chapter two, the Lord explains it in a, uh, in a much in an even clearer way. So yes, God's plan is that life will fill this earth. In chapter one, God talks about all the trees. Now we know the trees were were there because so that there will be photosynthesis so they could support life it, it also had fruit so they produced food for, uh, for all the animals right so uh, Genesis 1 verse 30 and to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the sky to everything that moves on the earth which has life I have given every green plant for food. So we now have oxygen and we have glucose. So now life can grow. But but it doesn't stop there. Because the Bible says that God created man. Now man was different than all the other animals. Because God was created in, in the image of God. Because God had a grand plan for man. Now we get a hint of it in the end of chapter 1. That God's plan for man is that he subdue the earth. When God used that word subdue, it somehow means that at one point that territory was lost. But God wanted man to take it back. So God created man in his own image. And in Psalm 8 again, God 
said he made man a little lower than the angels. In God's wisdom, he was going to use man to defeat the enemy. So, but how did God equip man? God had a very special um, purpose for man. And God also had a special equipping of man. And that's why God made man in his own image. So God is spirit. So what did God do? God gave man a spirit. So that man could commune with God. So what is the spirit? The spirit of man. It's a vessel. So that one day, it could hold the life of God. It could bear the life of God. But of course, we know that for Genesis chapter 1, we know that we also have a body. And we know that how was Adam created? God breathed into his nostrils. God took some dust and put man together and breathed into his nostrils. And what does the Bible say? Man became a living soul. So now we know that man is made up of spirit, soul, and body. So God made man very special. We are the only created beings that can have fellowship with God in the spirit. The animals cannot do that. But so brothers and sisters, so we know all the trees are food for our body. We need, we need glucose to to grow up. We need oxygen to break down that glucose so we have energy to live. So, so we know all the trees are food for our body. But in chapter 2, we read about two additional trees. There's the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So when we talk about the tree of life, it's different from every other tree. Because it's the only tree named after life itself. Why is that? Because that tree of life is the source of life. That tree of life is it speaks of the life of Christ. The eternal life. So that is the tree of life. So that tree is this food for our spirit. What is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? It's food. Fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is food for our souls. Now, we know our souls is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotion. So what was the choice that God made? God said, do you want to choose the tree of life or the tree 
tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now we know that man was a living soul. God's desire was that we would partake of the tree of life. When we partake of the tree of life, it talks about our dependence on Him. Our reliance on Him. So that was God's plan. God's hope was that we would partake of the tree of life. We would be obedient to Him. And as we were obedient to Him, and as our life grew in us, that as we became fruitful and multiplied, that over this whole earth, there will be a people that will be yielded to him that would honor him as king then man would know how to rule this world but unfortunately what was God man's choice he took of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil brothers and sisters what did that mean? That man wanted to emphasize himself. Now we know um, uh, uh, in um, the Bible it talks about um, uh, uh, the Lord Jesus talked about if anyone um, uh, uh, loses his soul for my sake. He shall gain it back. Uh, uh, yes. So, but um, in the original, uh, Greek, uh, it's the same word as the word self. So, brothers and sisters, when Adam and Eve took of that fruit, he was saying, I want to focus on myself. I am more important. So, you see, that was the fall of man. So, now, uh, that was man's declaring his independence of God. So, the Bible says, the day that you shall eat of the fruit, you shall die. Of course, Adam and Eve did not die that day. Adam didn't die until 930 years later. Like so, death started with his spirit. So, from that point on, man could not commune with God. God's full plan for man could not be fulfilled. Because now the life of God could not fill man. And as a matter of fact, because man declared his independence of God, because now man could no longer have fellowship with God, now man became flesh. Simply speaking, flesh is nothing but the corrupted soul and the body. So now we are controlled by our body. So we cannot say no. Well, 
not me, but some many people cannot say no to drugs. Uh, can say no to, to alcohol. Can say no to sexual immorality. So you see the result is sin. Death and sin. So very sadly, man took of that wrong fruit. So it's been the tragic tragic story of man. But brothers and sisters, we want to thank the Lord that God did not give up on His plan. That one day God sent His only Son into this world so that we now have hope. So what is that story? So even though God's plan was frustrated, but when the Lord Jesus came, what happened? So let's read in the Gospel of John. We want to thank the Lord for the Gospel of John. Chapter 1 and verse 4. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Doesn't this remind you of the first day of creation? There was darkness all over the surface of the deep. But the Lord Jesus came. It was the word that was with God in the beginning. And now the word became flesh. And in him was life. And the life was the light of men. Brothers and sisters, now you see the light. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, it talked about the sunlight. And we already talked about that light was an inorganic light. It's, it's a burning rock. The sun is a burning rock. But here you see an organic light. This light comes from that light. And, you know, during the summertime, you'll see a lot of fireflies, right? And as I understand it, I think in the olden days, they used to collect the fireflies to use as light. Uh, but not only that, if you go to New Zealand, there's a famous site called uh, a famous site that has something called the glowworm. No, no. There is a there are these caves with these glowworms. So uh, they 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 emit a light from their body. And they have these little actually dangling dangling things just like this. Just like a spider web. So when other bugs see the light, they're drawn to it. 
if we believe in him, we have no darkness. So now we see the true light. But it doesn't stop there. In John chapter 3, the Lord Jesus had an interaction with Nicodemus. Uh, Nicodemus came and asked, Lord God, what, what did the Lord Jesus tell Nicodemus? You have to be born again. You have to be born of the Spirit. And then the Lord Jesus says, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. This, this word wind in the Greek is the word suke. Uh, oh, sorry, pneuma. Sorry, pneuma. Oh, pneuma. P-N-E-U-M-A. P-N-E-U-M-A. So it's where the word pneumonia comes from. So it relates to breath. That word pneuma. In English, it's translated wind. But it can also be translated spirit. So you see, the wind and the spirit are the same. Or the breath and the spirit are the same. So brothers and sisters, you see that? Here is the air. The breath. But doesn't stop there. Uh, um, and uh, um, and then John chapter four. Remember the story of the Samaritan woman. Where the Samaritan woman came to draw water. Uh, the the Lord said to her, If you drink of this water, you will thirst again. But if you drink of the water that I shall give you, out of your belly shall flow forth water, uh, 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 rivers of living water. So you see that? Not just the true light, but the true air, the true breath. Uh, and then now the true and living water. Now we know that uh, in First Corinthians chapter twelve, uh, Paul tells us that we drink of the same spirit. Uh, so we know that this water speaks of the Holy Spirit. So not only that, so you see. 
the true um, so you see the true light. So you can the true air, the Lord is the true water. But in John chapter 15, the Lord Jesus said, I am the true vine. So brothers and sisters, he is the true tree. What does it mean when he says the true vine? It doesn't mean that everything other trees are all fake trees. But it just says that he is the pattern by which all the trees were created. Um, so, uh, so he is the true vine. So do you remember the story of um, uh, in John chapter 2 of the story of turning water into wine. So they were at a, at a wedding and they ran out of wine. And, the, and Mary went to the Lord Jesus and um, they have no more wine. And the Lord said, woman, what do I have to do with you? And then he turned water into wine. But brothers and sisters, what was the Lord doing? He was actually showing that he was the true vine. Because if you think about the vine, normally it absorbs water from the air, water from the ground, and then after five or six months, the, uh, the grapes come up. And the, the vine bears the grapes. And then they take those grapes and they put it through the wine press. And out of the wine press comes forth the wine. So you see this whole process that usually takes seven or eight months from water into wine. The Lord Jesus did it in a nanosecond. So he was able to turn water into wine. But brothers and sisters, this is a much deeper story. Because we've talked about the fact that um, life is not just to grow up. A life has to be passed on. So brothers and sisters, when we think about this, photosynthesis was patterned after the true photosynthesis. Because now that you have the true light, the true water, True air, and the true vine. Now you see the process to support life. Now we talked about the principle of us giving carbon dioxide to the plants. And then the plant gives us the oxygen. So death was realized in the plant. But life is realized in us. Brothers and sisters, uh, in, the, um, uh, in the Bible, in the New Testament, it talks about, in the book of Acts, it talks about how our Lord died upon a tree. So, brothers and sisters, um, that uh, 
death was realized on our Lord Jesus. The life was realized in us. So remember what the Lord Jesus said? Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears forth much fruit. Our Lord Jesus was that grain of wheat that was willing to die. And but not only that, our Lord Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, um, the, uh, um, our Heavenly Father said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. So our Lord could have ascended into heaven at that point. He was fully satisfying of his father. And that's what Elijah and Moses were talking to him about. But brothers and sisters, our Lord Jesus is like that mature grave. He was willing not just to be the mature grave. But he was willing to go through the wine press. So he came off the mountain and set his face towards Jerusalem. And he embraced the cross. Because he wanted he was willing to die for us. So brothers and sisters, our Lord is like that grape that was crushed. Because he was crushed, out of his side flow forth water and blood. We know water speaks of life. But blood speaks about forgiveness. But not only that, we know people drink wine because to be happy, to have joy. Because he was crushed. So today we can enjoy the peace of salvation. The joy of salvation. Brothers and sisters, you see the principle of that life. So not only that, our Lord Jesus said, I am the bread of life. My blood, my flesh is true food. And my blood is true drink. He who eats of me, even though uh, in the Old Testament, the people of Israel, they ate the manna of the ground and they died. Ma- manna in the wilderness and they died. But the Lord Jesus said, if you eat my flesh, you will never die. If you believe in him, you will never thirst. His bread is true food. His blood is true drink. Brothers and sisters, every Lord's Day we come to the Lord's table. We can eat of Him. We can drink of Him. Because that sustains our life. So, this is the life that He has given us. So, He is the bread of life. So, you see that? So you see the principle of imparting life? Do you remember in Psalm 22? The Lord Jesus says, I am a worm and not a man. Actually, in that Psalm 22, that word for um, worm is different than 
the regular worm. That worm actually speaks about a crimson worm. A red worm. It's a special type of worm. And that worm, it's red. And it's actually often used to uh, for a red dye. But this worm is very special. Because when the mother is going to have little uh, babies, and when they when she before she lays an egg lays the eggs she will find a place on a tree and then she's going to form a shell and that shell is so hard on, on, and it sucks onto the tree that unless you kill the worm the, you cannot remove that shell but then the worm would lay its legs. And you know that these egg, these little larvae, little little larvae, they actually would feed off of the mother directly. That's how they grew. And not only that, when the mother felt that this, these little babies are mature enough, and once in a lifetime will this mother have eggs? Well, the reason is because once they are grown enough, the mother will die. And then as she dies, she's going to let out this red dye that's in her. It actually stains the little baby. And that's how these little babies are red for the rest of their lives. So this mother will die. And then finally, all of that red dye is passed on to the little baby. And then this 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 um cover or this uh, uh what did I call it? Shell uh becomes like white wax and drops to the ground. So now the little babies can come out. But you see the death of a mother. So brothers and sisters, when you look on this tree, it's like a tree that's stained with blood. Brothers and sisters, this is the life of Christ. This, the Lord said, I am a worm, not a man. Brothers and sisters, this is the life that he passed on to us. Cost him everything. Cost him of life. This tree of life. I came that they may have life and life abundant. 
So, brothers and sisters, the Lord has made every provision. Thank the Lord. He has brought us back to the beginning. Now we are part of a new creation. Remember the Lord said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must be born of the Spirit. Uh, so if we turn to John chapter 20 and when he had said this he breathed on them and said to them receive the Holy Spirit so after the Lord Jesus resurrected from the dead he came to the disciples and very interesting the Bible says he breathed on them said to them receive the Holy Spirit so brothers and sisters this is the gospel the Lord breathed life into the disciples remember when we were when we were born physically one of the first things the doctors have to do is make sure we can we we would cry right nowadays they use the aspirator to suck the stuff out to clear the nostrils but they used to spank little babies so that they would cry because the doctors wanted to them to breathe that first breath of air but thank the Lord the Lord Jesus breathed on them and said receive the Holy Spirit and one, and one day that happened to us as well the Lord breathed into us and we started to live we are born again now we have life we have that new life we are partaking of that tree of life so brothers and sisters what is God's plan God's plan is that we have life but not only that that life needs to grow up so God already the Lord made all the provisions He is our provision He is our light He is our water He is our food that's why the Lord Jesus said man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God so that word is the word rhema so that word is a living word it's not just an objective word but it's a subjective word so we need to read the word so that the Lord can feed us with his word and then we can grow up we can learn the lessons of life he is the water 
He is the provision. He is our food. He is that tree that gives us air. We can breathe the Holy Spirit. Gives us life. So we've been talking about sonship. Why sonship? Because that life needs to grow up. That life not only needs to grow up, but brothers and sisters, what is the sign of maturity? We think of our Lord. He was that mature grape. He was willing to be crushed so that life could be passed forth. Brothers and sisters, what does it mean to take up the cross and follow the Lord? It's when our life becomes mature that life is no longer for ourselves. Just like a mature mother, her life is no longer for herself. for her children. So that's the greatest sign of maturity. So my daughter loves to bake. Uh, uh, yeah, she likes to bake cookies and cakes. And she finds great enjoyment of doing that. But every time she says, I want to bake, my wife and I cringe. We don't want to discourage her. But usually after she bakes, the kitchen looks like a bomb hit it. <laughs> and then she finished beautiful bakes a beautiful cake. And then she goes to sleep. <laughs> and then I have to spend an extra hour cleaning up after her. But brothers and sisters, this is a very funny example of how parents pay a price for their kids. We recently had um, wonderful news of uh, a few babies being born. But I remember uh, last week I spoke with our sister Stephanie. How's everything? She says, I feel like I haven't gone to sleep in days. Her eyes are all, you know, um, as, with, with uh, 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 dark with bags. So if you think about what the, many of these moms used to be beautiful brides. But check with them at 8 a.m. in the morning. You see a very different picture. So brothers and sisters, it's, it's a price that's paid. It's a life laid down. But brothers and sisters, unless the grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. Brothers and sisters, it's very easy for us to just worry about our own lives. Sometimes we are even afraid to say, hey brother or sister, how are you doing? Because if you don't ask, their problem is still their problem. But now that you ask, their problem becomes your problem. And you can't just walk away from that problem. Now you have to spend time. Now maybe because you asked that question to a sister. Now maybe every day she calls you. 
And maybe you had plans for your night. But you have to spend an hour speaking to the sister. You have to comfort her. You have to help her. Because she needs help. Because we are to love one another. But we have to pay a cost. We have to pay a price. So brothers and sisters, it's not just that we may have life. That life needs to grow up. But then once that life grows up, that life needs to be passed on. But in order to be passed on, it needs to be a cost that is paid. It's the principle of death and resurrection. Remember, remember the crimson worm. That is God's plan. So if you remember, when, um, when we talked about Genesis chapter 1 and 2, we saw how God said, be fruitful and multiply. Now this life needs to grow horizontally. It has to spread to the whole world. Right? So in today's terms, it's preaching the gospel. So remember the Lord said uh, in, in the book of Acts, you shall preach the gospel, you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So the gospel has to be spread to the ends of the earth. But that growth cannot just be horizontal. It has to be vertical as well. So in Genesis chapter 2, we not only read about the two trees, but we also read about some rivers. And it specifically talks about the Garden of Eden and the four rivers. And you'll find that near the river Pishon, in the land of Havilah, you will find three materials. You will find gold, pearls, and precious stone. So brothers and sisters, you see that those are the outcome or the products of the growth of life. Because that life has a certain personality. That life has certain personality, uh, certain characteristics. Now we know gold speaks about the nature of God. Now we know that pearls are produced from um, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, clams. And you know, it's produced when there is a foreign object that comes into the clan. Instead of spitting it out, the clan embraces that. And secretes something. And secretes something more. And more and more. And becomes a pearl. Remember, Paul said. Uh, that he had a thorn on his side. Uh, Brothers and sisters, we may have many thorns on our side. Maybe it's our bad boss. Or our spouse. Or our children. But the lesson of the cross. That we bear. Love forbears. 
bears all things, right? Bears all things. To be patient. To long suffer. That's the story of the pearl. The story of the precious stone. And we've spoken of the diamond, right? It, it's made of, gra- of, of carbon. Brittle. Dark. But if you take that same material, put it through high heat and high temperature, it becomes a diamond. So, brothers and sisters, if man had not fallen, and partaken of that tree of life. The story that you would see, it was that it would produce these same materials. That there will be this growth. So, brothers and sisters, the Garden of Eden speaks about New Jerusalem. Ultimately, in the end, God's plan was that there will be New Jerusalem. So this life can grow vertically. Not only does this life grow because mature, it can impart life. But this life has certain characteristics that are reflected. So brothers and sisters, when you come to the end of the book of Revelation, in chapter 21 and 22, what do you find there? You find gold, you find precious stones, you find pearls, and everything is transparent. Everything is brilliant. And what do you find there? You will see that there is a tree of life, there is a river of life, there is light, now there is no more sun, because the God and the Lamb are its light. And then the whole New Jerusalem, it's like a whole big jewelry box. A huge lampstand, transparent, full of glory. Why? Because of the light that is within it. To bear the light. The diamond is the diamond because not if you shut off the light you can't see anything in the diamond. The diamond is beautiful because of the light that is in that diamond. But brothers and sisters, you see in the end, the product of that life is that huge jewelry box to bear the light. To bear the life. So, brothers and sisters, now you see God's plan is that there may be life and life abundant. So, brothers and sisters, we are part of the new creation. We have been born again. We have the new breath of life. Now we have to go up. That's why Paul said, you cannot just remain as babes. That's why sonship is important. Because as we grow up, we can impart life to others. We can preach the gospel so that the gospel can reach to the ends of the earth. But that's uh, one aspect. But we have to encourage. We have to build up so that all of us may grow unto the head. So that we become mature. 
我们就可以成熟, so in the end, God can receive the glory. So brothers and sisters, very simple story. Simple story of life. We see that in the in the book of Genesis. But in a much deeper way, it realized in our Lord Jesus. But now that life is in us. Now that life needs to grow up. Now that life needs to go through the work of the cross. But the goal is that there will be more life. And be life abundant. Brothers and sisters, that's why God created us. Brothers and sisters, there are many things that are just like the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Whether it be music, whether it be television shows, soap operas, video games, but brothers and sisters, those are only food for our soul or our body. If you think about it, why do people buy name brand? Because somehow they feel they can be accepted by society. Somehow I belong. Right, isn't that all just to satisfy the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the boastful pride of life? That's why. That's why John said, "Do not love the world." Because even if you were to conquer the whole world, all that you're building up is your soul life. But what really matters, what will last the eternity, is the eternal life that is in us. It's not just enough to have life. That life needs to grow up. But that life needs food. The Lord has made provision. So the Lord says, He who eats of me and drinks of me abides in me. What does it mean to abide in the Lord? It means to eat of him and to drink of him. It means to commune with him. To pray to him. To read his word. To have fellowship. So more life can grow. Over time. Slowly but surely, our life will grow up. Brothers and sisters, don't waste your time on the things that don't count. May we really be a part of God's eternal purpose. It's a wonderful plan. It's a wonderful ending. So let us feed on Him. He has made every provision. He's the true food. He's the true photosynthesis. He's the true air. He's the true water. Let's lay a hold of him. May the Lord speak to us. May we have a season of
you for your creation. You come and save us. You give us a new life. And uh, you give us life abundantly, not like the seeds, because you are the Savior. Dear Lord, we pray that uh, we just uh, keep drinking your blood and uh, eating your, uh, just uh, 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 eating you and uh, so that we can uh, grow. Dear Lord, we pray that uh, we become uh, the vessel, the man that uh, can bear the Spirit of God and follow you. We give all the glory to you, dear Jesus, our Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen. to pray. Father, we thank you. We want to praise you for gathering us and the Holy Spirit has filled us and 
thank you for your presence, Lord, and even uh, your anointing oil upon our brother, and that you have given us heavenly words. Uh, Lord, the words that cut to our hearts. Lord, truly we know we belong to you, and that you have shared your glory among us. Oh, Lord, may we remember you, and may we have the heart of Christ, oh, that we may know your plan, and that we belong to you, and that you are the true food and, your, and our supply, and that we may grow in you. And thank you for enlightening us today, and even disciplining us, and giving us eternal hope. Lord, we learn to love one another, and to wash each other's feet. Oh, Lord, may, we, may our lives satisfy your heart, and that when we mature, uh, we may submit more of ourselves to you. Lord, we may carry the cross and follow you and lift, lift up your name and give you all the glory that you deserve. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. yourself is the grace in the pot growing and become the wine as you give up yourself sacrifice your life once for all Lord you teach us to learn from that deny ourselves carry the cross follow the land land Lord no longer we live ourselves, you live in our heart. And you each word is our food. We every day reading your words as our daily food. And you bless us. And your words let us digest, follow your law, follow your will. Not our will, that your will will be done by your Holy Spirit. Lord, you will do everything, the wonderful salvation, utmost in our each of the life. Thank you, and we bow down before you. Thank you, Jesus. Precious name to pray, amen.